Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my closet recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's quarantine treating you this week? Oh, you know, Instagram served me an ad this week for a straight up nightgown for men. (laughs) Just full (laughs) Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, All I need is a nightcap, a droopy nightcap. I mean, I've reached the stage of quarantine where I was like, I could absolutely pull off a nightgown. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't buy it, did you? I'm thinking about it. I haven't yet. How's your core? You know what? I'm out of my back brace. I'm feeling good. I had a great therapy session. Uh, I'll talk about some of the some of the things that have improved my week post that session in the Chasers. But uh, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm doing I'm doing much better this week. So I'm uh, I'm excited to get into this episode. Let's do it. We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into walking, because it used to be an act of serenity, and now it's an act of insanity. Back in January, we did a deep dive about sidewalks, so uh, I guess think of this as the the coronavirus remix of that. Remix. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, we've got actor, singer, writer, comedian, multi-hyphenate funny person, Jackie Tone on the pod. You've seen her as Melrose on Glow. You've heard her on the Howard Stern Show. And you're going to want to be her best friend after hearing this interview. 
And lucky for us, we recorded IRL back in the in the before times, back when you could still go to Disneyland, which is what we did that week. So yeah, this was a little while ago, but it's still a lot of fun. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's go for a walk and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, security footage from the State Bank of India in Delhi showed a monkey successfully opening an ATM while the bank was closed. I don't understand. Like, I don't even know how to do that. And I am a human. I don't think that's like the, a like a crime that criminals attempt to do is open an ATM. I I can't imagine it is an easy thing. I don't think there's just like a latch that you uh, you open the ATM with. Okay, I know it's a stretch, but do we think that the man who got stuck in the ATM moved to India and adopted a pet monkey and taught them how to open up ATMs? That's evolution. That is <laughs> that monkeys are adapting to learn how to respond to men who are trapped in ATMs. This has been Science with Matt. Monkeys are getting too smart. That's the problem. Primates are getting way too smart because we've seen animals like taking back the streets. I swear every time I open Twitter, there's some new video from like Scotland where sheep are are like (laughs) retaking the streets. And that's one thing. But now... These assholes are coming for our money. Our our economy is already way too fragile. And listen, I don't understand shit of, of what is happening in the economy. But all I know is that monkeys being able to spend money is not great. What are they even going to spend money on? Bananas. You can just get them from the tree, okay? There was also a pretty horrifying video of a monkey, like, snatching Stealing a girl. Stealing a child. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that. That was nuts. <laughs> Anyway, um, Delhi police released video from the bank's surveillance equipment, though it is unclear if they have any suspects. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much to the Daily News for this uh, groundbreaking reporting. (laughs) Next! Another animal news. A farm in North Carolina is pimping out one of their miniature donkeys named Mambo to crash your video calls. (laughs) So if you want to if you want to Skype it you want to zoom in Mambo to your company video call this this farm is pimping them out you could do it it's called Peace and Peas Farm they'll rent Mambo the 8 year old miniature donkey and uh his friends to crash company conference calls I haven't even thought about what the pandemic is doing to petting zoos you know and that's on me for not thinking of them. Those animals are thriving because they don't have a bunch of sticky eight-year-olds <laughs> putting their disgusting fingers all over them. I would love to be an animal at a petting zoo right now. <laughs> Just living your life. You don't have to eat like brown pellets from the hand <laughs> of an infected seven-year-old. 
Oh, I hated petting zoos. <laughs> it was disgusting. I was just always afraid of being bit. I don't understand how kids just like went in so strong willed and confident. Like that animal has teeth that are like bigger than your head. Yeah, I don't. Every time I went to a zoo, I just assumed that I wouldn't make it out. <laughs> Mostly because I don't know. The Brookfield Zoo that we used to go to in Chicago, um, that was the, that was the one where the girl like fell into the gorilla cage. Absolutely it was. <laughs> and I wanted to be that girl so bad. <laughs> I was like, yes, Jane Goodall Jr. All I wanted to do was tumble hundreds of feet into a gorilla enclosure. And I mean, that enclosure was like beautiful. I also I haven't been to a zoo in so long. There's just I don't there's so many. And then there are like peacocks just walking around too. like where I don't know where they came from. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. No. Why are you here? You're free. You're not you're not in a cage. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Go live your life. You know what all the rest of these animals wish they could be doing right now? Exactly what you're doing. Being free. Instead, they're crashing company conference calls that none of the humans want to be on either. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine a worse fate for an animal than being like, hey, do you want to dial into this conference call? <laughs> hey, let me circle back with you later, okay? <laughs> I gotta go shit in a pile of hay. This could absolutely be an email. Just have him sign the email. <laughs> Mambo the donkey. How much does it cost? You can reserve 10 minutes with the animals for $50. Damn! That is no small change. Ten minutes. Ten minutes? That's what, five dollars a minute? That's definitely more than you make on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll say if you want if my miniature donkey can crash your meeting, I'll do it for forty dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that what you call your dick? <laughs> it's actually um my hemorrhoid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What a horrifying conference crash. <laughs> um I'll do it for 40. Uh, that's that's the deal. That's the deal you're getting. Fuck Mambo. You're getting my asshole. Anyway, next. A man in sweatpants stuck up a Dunkin' Donuts on Long Island while wearing inline skates so he could glide right away into the night. I love this. <laughs> I want more of this kind of crime. Just threatening someone with a gun. Uh, oh, no. In a Dunkin' Donuts in order to get their money. But as long as you're wearing skates, it's fine. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Rather than a gun, I wish that instead it had been like, I brought my boombox. I'm going to play my music so loud it's going to make your ears bleed or or you can give me the cash and I'll skate away. No problem. That's the kind of crime I would want to see. That's even worse. When, when right? someone plays music out loud on the street, no, I'd rather be held up at gunpoint. <laughs> anyway, um, Nassau County police said that the suspect glided into a uh, Dunkin' Donuts around 8 o'clock at night, bought a cup of coffee, and then demanded cash while making it seem like he had a gun under his clothing. He got away with an undetermined amount of money. I mean, I, I do think all crimes are better if they're committed on skates yeah that that's a no-brainer i feel like murder is fine if you do it on skates right right but fortunately for my potential victims i uh don't know how to skate and i refuse <laughs> to learn and finally a highway oh this is my favorite story of the week a highway patrol trooper 
in Utah pulled over a car that he said was swerving so badly he thought the driver needed medical attention. The driver didn't respond to light the, the police lights. Finally, they pulled over when the officer hit the siren, and the officer said, I approached the vehicle, and I was expecting to find somebody who needed an ambulance or paramedics. Turns out, it was actually a five-year-old oh, no. <laughs> who had stolen his parents' car. <laughs> wow, he's achieved so much in his five years. I didn't drive a car until I was like 17. Okay, this kid, five years old, driving down the highway. The first time that I drove a car, I was with my dad in the parking lot of my high school. And he was like, okay, like, just put your foot on the pedal. And then we went onto the street for the first time, even though it was literally just from the exit of the parking lot back to the entrance. It was like 200 feet. And I cried profusely because i was so fucking scared <laughs> this five-year-old is just going for it and i i admire that i admire the confidence the first time i drove i almost killed a dog oh my god <laughs> i was like very close to hitting a dog and i hit the brakes just in the right time oh god because my my mom my mom taught me to drive at the cemetery. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> definitely doesn't make you think of like all the power you have in death, like to kill a bunch of people with this huge tank. Uh, she treated it like it was a normal thing that everybody does. That like you learn to drive in a cemetery because it has all of those little roads. I guess that makes sense. You can't kill anybody because everyone's dead. <laughs> uh, but I was doing it such a great job that my and it was kind of close to my grandma's house. And so my mom was like, all right, we can leave the cemetery and drive to grandma's. And my grandma's neighbor's dog like ran out into the street. And my mom like didn't say a dog ahead. She just like made a scream. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I looked to the side instead of in front of me. I was like, what is she looking at? And then I hit, I slammed on the brakes and it stopped just before. I didn't even see the dog. I just oh happened. <laughs> anyway, I didn't kill a dog. Let's get that out of. Great. Let's good, good, just good, good. be clear about that. I did not kill a dog. But anyway, totally inspired by this five-year-old who uh, stole his parents' car, said he was driving to his sister's house. And uh, clarified that really what he wanted to do was go out and buy a Lamborghini for himself. And uh, I mean, he did have the money. He opened his wallet and he did have three dollars, which last time I checked is what a Lamborghini costs. Yeah, I mean, in this economy. Right. Oil is a negative price right now. So I'm pretty sure you could get a Lamborghini for a few bucks. The worst part is, this is what I hate when shit like this happens, because there has been other stories. I remember there was a story where a, a boy called 911 because he wanted McDonald's, <laughs> and then oh, they, yeah. like, brought him to McDonald's. This one, they a local Lamborghini owner came and gave the boy a ride. He wasn't allowed to drive it. He got to be in the passenger seat. <laughs> but they gave him a ride in a Lamborghini, and it's like, bitch... <laughs> This kid stole a car. <laughs> and then you reward him with exactly what he wants. This is why I'm saying crime, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> crime pays. <laughs> and that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're hitting the pavement with our fists. Get it? Because we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna 
pummel the pavement because we're mad at it. Oh. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. So we're just about at the, what, two month mark in core. And my legs have basically atrophied at this point. Like the lack of movement all around is actually stunning. Every time I stand up from the couch, it sounds like I'm pouring a bowl of Rice Krispies. Just snaps, crackles, and pops everywhere. You know when you haven't played with your Barbies in like months? Yeah. Ugh, I hate when I don't give them enough attention. Yeah. And then you go to bend their limbs and they just snap right off. That's that's oh, my body right now. That's I feel like a Barbie who hasn't been played with. <laughs> just bent over in the closet. Well, there are so many parts of that I relate to. <laughs> Great. Also, yeah, it's been pretty cold in New York recently. I guess Northeast in general, there was a snowstorm in the Northeast last week because the world is just trying its best to get rid of us, I guess. Also, there's murder hornets. We didn't even talk about murder hornets yet. Horrifying. Honestly, horrifying. Just giant-ass hornets that have never been in North America before. And um, are now ravaging bee colonies. However, that fact did, in fact, win me a point in trivia. So, like, I'm also a little grateful oh, for that. Oh, 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 great. Oh, good for you. Bee colonies are being <laughs> massacred. But at least you got a point in, in trivia. Great. Thank you. We still came in 10th <laughs> out of 19. Good. So, anyway, between the chilly weather, murder hornets... My outside time has been pretty limited, and my ability to exercise these juicy hams with some good old-fashioned walking has been cut back. But more importantly, going for a walk now is stressful as heck. Walking used to be like my wind-down, zone-out exercise, and now every time I go for a walk, it feels like I'm shopping at TJ Maxx. Just desperately trying to avoid letting anybody see me. <laughs> Nobody should see that I'm here. That's how I feel in TJ Maxx. And that's how I feel going for a walk in the midst of a pandemic. So today we're diving deep into why hawking is the worst. Because this is what it's come to. <laughs> Complaining about basic human movement. Okay, first of all, because my body is just so chronically underused right now, every walk is like the scene in The Wizard of Oz where Dorothy wakes up the Tin Man. <laughs> Everything is stuck. I just need a young, supple girl from Kansas to come oil my joints before, during, and after every walk. That's all I require. It's not, I don't think it's too much to ask to have a, a, a girl follow me around with an oil can. No, no, that seems perfectly reasonable. I would volunteer myself, but um, we live in different boroughs. You're also not a young, supple girl from Kansas. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a catch-22. My bones hurt because they haven't been moving, but the more I move, the more they hurt. Or I'm just getting old, and I have to face the fact that something as simple as walking hurts now. I have this issue with the doctor all the time where I'm just like, no, this is probably like a serious blood disease. And then I'm like, or it's just that I'm getting older and this is a new thing happening with my body. That is quite the possibility. Each of us have a number of miles on us now. We're, we're <gasps> old used cars. More 
importantly now, you got to walk with a mask on. And listen, any physical movement with a mask is basically impossible. I don't know how ninjas do it. I really don't. <laughs> never, never made that connection. But yeah, they should definitely be like inspirational right now. Yeah, they're doing flips. They're doing sword work. Uh, they're doing it all silently <laughs> and while holding their breath, apparently without fogging up their glasses my breath <laughs> is hot and moist and disgusting if i'm being honest i've never been more disappointed in my own oral hygiene than when i have to confront my own breath in a mask it is truly breathtaking and i mean that i thought that maybe if i like floss and brush before putting the mask on it would make any sort of difference and it absolutely no. does not it makes no difference yeah it, it's uh, i am like horrified by my own body <laughs> i feel like this is going to destroy the mint industry it shouldn't i feel like we need it now more than ever also my mask is just like constantly slipping so i have to keep touching my face to adjust it which, which feels like it's defeating the whole purpose and i have this big ass nose so i have to like smash my nostrils flat to keep it securely on my face <laughs> and then my glasses fog up like jack and rose are just banging each other underneath them like the car in the bowels of the titanic is that is that the name of your nostrils now jack and rose yes by the way us complaining about wearing masks outside it's not giving you a reason to not wear them i just want to say that oh yeah wear your fucking masks <laughs> we can all complain about it but you can only complain about it if you're doing it so you right. should do it i i earn the right to complain about it by actually doing it i will suffer through it but the point is it sucks next Going for a walk also now is just like the most terrifying game of Frogger. I feel like except instead of cars, it's just trying to avoid every other human being. And I have to fight the impulse because I have the like polite Midwestern impulse to oh, like. This is so hard for us. <laughs> not move out of the way, like not show any indication that I am anxious or um or that I'm trying to like avoid someone a yep. and then I realize like oh actually that is exactly what we should be doing it, it's actually the kinder thing to to avoid people right now right I just want to be like it's not because of you as a person it's not because of the way you look it's not the way you smell it's just it's and it's like they don't give a shit about me no. <laughs> they don't care what I'm feeling at any point but I care so deeply about what they think about me in the two seconds that we're not even interacting I tweeted this but I still have that impulse to do that like lipless white person oh, yeah. smile when I make eye contact that tweet struck <laughs> me hard because I still when I go to the grocery store I keep doing that and I'm like oh right they can't see anything I also mostly wear a hat outside now because my hair is so out of control uh, so like the only thing visible is my foggy glasses so they can't make any <laughs> any discernible face out it's fine i keep trying to do like a nod or a wave but i'm not good at the nod it just probably looks like i'm like having a mini seizure and then the wave it's like i'm trying to get their attention or like start something that'll be more long term and it's just it's not good it's not helping me in any way or them for that matter no i feel like we just don't need any any interaction it's fine i don't need to give you any indication that i give a shit besides keeping my distance that is me giving a shit 
Next, walking now is it's just like a zigzag maze. It's street crossing, <laughs> sidewalk swerving, holding my breath to avoid inhaling the air that someone else just breathed like 30 seconds before. I've I've never crossed the street so many times in my life. If I see someone <laughs> who's like 100 yards away, I'm like, "Okay, I need to cross the street right now." Next, I also can't stop and pet any dogs that I pass on my street. Even worse, the dogs can't even see that I'm smiling at them under my mask. I, now I have to figure out how to smile at a dog. I have to figure out how to telepathically communicate good boy. <laughs> and it's hard. It's not easy. I hear you. Also, somehow in the uh, amidst of a pandemic, I still have to deal with fucking children on scooters. Oh, and they are bolder than ever before. Yeah. The children on scooter situation is honestly reaching an epidemic. I feel like it is an epidemic in and of itself. And I have gone full get off my lawn. Ebenezer Scrooge. If I see one child scooting in my vicinity, I'm going full Hulk and I'm snapping that thing in half. Oh, my God. I, that's why I've been working out this whole time. I build these muscles so that I can rip a kid's scooter in half right in front of them while I sob. Oh, so you meant to snap the scooter in half, not the child. Well, we'll start with that and see how they react. The thing about these scooters is it's not like it's eight-year-olds. It's like three to five-year-olds who are on them because their parents are like, oh, you don't walk fast enough on these New York streets. Like, <laughs> right. we have to get you on, on wheels. And they have no motor skills whatsoever. None. But I saw, I swear to God, they were maximum, like maximum four years old, probably three. And this bitch was riding and then did the thing where you gain more speed by go like kneeling down, like squatting <laughs> yeah. down and then getting back up. And I I was like, how are you doing? I could not do that. I mean, if a five-year-old can drive a car, yeah. she can do that. And finally, every time I go for a walk, I just... Uh, the most exhausting part is that I have to come back and go through this whole decontamination process that takes forever. I just want to strip off of my clothes and lie down naked in the middle of the floor like the before times. Can't we just go back to that? I just want to peel off my clothes, not worry where I throw them, lie down in the middle of a bathtub and do nothing. But no, now I have to like go through a Lysol bath. I'm sorry, lie down in the middle of a bathtub? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't taken a bath because I still, my, my bathtub is gross. So anyway, that is it for this week's deep dive. Go for a walk. It's great. I'm, I'm sure. Next up, we got Jackie Tone in the studio right after this commercial break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Our guest complainer today is actor, comedian, singer, show creator, EP. She has an EP. She is an EP. Yeah. And you have an EP. EP. Yeah, that's true. Oh my God, that's true. <laughs> Many EPs and an EP. Anyway, Jackie Tone, uh, she plays Party Girl Melrose from the Netflix series Glow, which just started filming the next season, right? So exciting. Our fourth and final. So bittersweet. I mean, you know, they did it in a cool way where when they picked us up for a fourth, they called it. They were like, this is it. We're so happy they're coming back. But it was that hard, that like, thank you, fuck you moment of like, oh. Is that a weird thing to know going into it? Or is it just like, okay, now you can kind of like not guess. Both, you know, because for, for certainly for our show creators and writers, it's like they can write the end to this awesome, epic, crazy tale, this ragtag group of loony bins and sort of what that journey looks like. And so for all of us, it really is a gift. I mean, certainly we all, I mean, I would have liked to have made probably, I think we all wanted to make five. Yeah. But we're super psyched making four. You know, Netflix is, you know, they don't generally pick up more than three. That's so true. We're yeah, doing Netflix. Four. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny time in TV. You know, there's so much content and... Um, we're just really excited to be making a fourth. Right. Yeah, I'm excited for Me it. Me too. But we were getting ahead of ourselves. We usually start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Oh, God. I mean, the li- where do I begin? <laughs> we can um, we can spend the full time I mean, just talking about that. Something I hate that everyone else loves. I mean, there's two. There's one I hate that everyone else loves, and there's one that I, like, just can so not give a fuck that it makes me, like, giggle that everybody loves. And the one that I don't care about that everybody loves is Star Wars. Yeah. I just, I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) I remember years ago where I was a teenager or something, Natalie Portman was in one, and I saw that, Uh but I had never seen any of the ones leading up. Like, I somehow missed the window, like I never, I was. The window I wasn't has been the last like 40. forty years. No, but I missed the window of giving a shit. Like yeah. when I was a little girl, people, my brothers like kind of cared, but they had come out before I was born. Then there was the the one that came out. Yeah, now there's like standalone one. No, but the one that came out in like the late '90s, early 2000s was that one. Because wasn't that the the beginning of the like we are all starting to very deeply care again? Because I missed that too. I don't even know. I honestly, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm not like a super fan or even a fan. Like I've I've seen them. I haven't. The only one I saw was that Natalie Portman one. And I remember being like, she's so pretty. That's that was all like I the remember. worst one. Oh, tight. But, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> that one did not inspire me to be like, go back and go back into the encyclopedia of Star Wars and then see them from the beginning. Right, right. 
I mean, I guess you've seen one. You've basically seen all of them. But you say that's a bad one, and I agree with you. I did not like that one. I'm like the, a bad defender of... But uh, I don't even, like, know what it is. Like, I know three things. I know, like, Chewbacca, mm-hmm. Han Solo, and Luke Skywalker. Oh, and Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. Job of the Hutt. Four things. Wait five a minute. Things. Excuse me. What am I, a fucking Encyclopedia Britannica right now? Are I thought the, I knew nothing. You're the biggest Star Wars fan you, I'm I've ever spoken with it. to. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ask me anything. I'll tell you anything. Have you seen Baby Yoda? What? That. <laughs> yes, the meme. So cute. That is cute. I will yeah. say I love baby things and tiny things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the baby Yoda still got me, even though I never saw the movie. Yeah. I haven't seen any of what Baby Yoda is in right now, but I know Baby Yoda. Oh, and he did his cute. Yeah. With the big eyes. Right. And the it's other all, it's all you need. The other thing I hate yes. that everybody loves, although does everybody love it? Skiing. Yeah, that is that is uh, I, a rich person answer. Just stop. Well, it's that which is funny because I've never done it. <laughs> Me neither. And I didn't have money till forty eight hours ago, so <laughs> I don't know that I would qualify. But a year from now, uh, we're gonna have you back, and you'll be the biggest skier. Oh my god, I'll have a G wagon. Oh, six G wagons, just all middle fingers. Has the opportunity ever come up, and you're like, absolutely not? I think when I was little, my parents went to like this cheap ski resort called Mount Airy Lodge, upstate New York. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Mount Airy Lodge. Thank you. Oh, oh my God. It's, it's the fucking voice of an angel. Believe me. Sure. So it was fine. <laughs> so I went to Mount Airy Lodge and I went up the ski lift. Uh-huh. And then I got to the top and I had a panic attack freak and I was like maybe nine or 10 on the bunny slopes and I didn't want to ski, but I didn't want to tell anyone I was scared. So I said I had to pee so bad. I was going to like pee in my snowsuit. So one of the trainers put me on like a little sled down and then we sledded down together, but I never skied. But then just recently I did the Aspen Comedy Festival. Yeah. I was so mystified by the skiing. The, just, just people walking around in those boots, like walking around town, but they like click everywhere you go but like can I trouble you to put on a sneaker like just why don't you carry those boots that just you can't even walk in and they click everywhere yeah and just carry a new balance I've only been to Aspen once and it was for the Aspen Comedy Festival and why are we so funny it's like exhausting (laughs) well I'll tell you who didn't think I was funny (laughs) the The people of Aspen (laughs) (laughs) I I routinely cite it as my worst show routinely Uh, cite and yeah, it was just that that the ski crowd turns out not my, not my people. I mean, it's a wild place, and also I hate the sound of a swishing pant. Mm-hmm. So now we have a swishing pant and a clicking <laughs> yeah. shoe, and it's like click click swish swish click click yeah. swish swish. And I'm like, please put your regular clothes on. I'm talking about you can be dressed like that on the slopes, but now we're like in a restaurant, like. Where is the transition? <laughs> also, I hear nothing but horror stories all the time of like. God forbid, and people getting a concussion and then going to sleep. I'm like, I'm just a person who doesn't, I am not interested in doing a thing that is not safe. Yeah. Have you broken limbs before? Let me repeat myself. I am not a person (laughs) who wants to do things that are not safe. I, my elbow used to dislocate as a kid. I was just born with this weird thing where- loose elbow. Dude, loose elbow. And it would just pop, she would pop right out. Oh no, Shoulder! I'll just look at my shoulder. I can't remember. That it's that seems more normal to have a loose shoulder. It does. No, but I think it was elbow. elbow. And my mom would come, and she was like the the doctor taught her how to like pop it back in. So I'd be like hanging there. Anyway, 
I broke a couple fingers. I broke my nose falling face first. Um, I was uh, jumping on a pogo stick. Uh huh. Okay, rewind. My agent, Aggie Gold of Fresh Faces Agency, when I was a child, was the best agent that ever lived. <laughs> Sounds entirely made up. 100% it's real. Worked out of her home office in Baldwin, Long Island. She would call people and get me auditions, and she would say things like, if you don't like her, you'll never hear from me again. No pressure. I was 10. So she calls the people at Sesame Street, and she's like, I have this girl. She's young. She's a comedian. By the way, I was a comedian since I was 12. <laughs> yes, Thank you. Yes. I have this young girl. And I went in to meet the people at Sesame Street, and they were like, we love her. We have this this arc coming up with this girl, Pogo Sticks. Can she Pogo Stick? My agent said, of course she can. I couldn't. <laughs> we went, we bought a Pogo Stick, and I thought I would practice it on the marble floor in the vestibule of my childhood home. And I fell face first onto the floor and cracked my face. And then my parents weren't home, so I ran next door to my neighbor, Salvador Vinti, who my dad lovingly called Chucky the Love Grenade. <laughs> and I went next door and we said, Sal, my face is bleeding. And he looked at me and he pinched my nose bridge and he goes, you're going to be fine. <laughs> and that was that was it. Okay. Never got my nose fixed. Did you get the, the role of Pogo Stick Player? I did. Congratulations. My character's name was Evan. Very gender fluid for 1990-something. Yeah. Thank you. I also, uh, I have like a thousand follow-ups about that story. <laughs> and the, number one is oh, Chucky. <laughs> Chucky the Love Grenade. <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of your neighbor, the nickname. The best. That There's an origin story there that I, I sounds criminal. It does sound criminal, <laughs> but since we've been calling him that since I was such a little kid, no one ever told me it. And then since I've been a grown-up a very long time, I've never gone back, checked in, and to said, question. Chucky, why the love grenade? <laughs> Even though his name is Sal. Like, what registry is yeah. he on is what I'm, I'm it's wondering. It's fair. Yeah. And when I said my dad made it up, I actually think Sal himself made it up. No, oh, no, that's mm-hmm. much worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love a self-imposed nickname. Uh-huh. Um, I do love, there was a quote that you uh, gave, I don't know in what context, where you said that you described yourself as a mouthy-bodied woman. Can I say something? Yeah. I meant to email my agent about this. I said mouthy-body. <laughs> and this article came out and said I was mouthy-bodied. And I was like, and, and in fact, when it first came out for the first, like, I was reading it and I was like, what? mouthy bot? What did I, because I didn't say that, but what did I say? And then I was like, oh, I said a mouthy body, like to be a body Jew, like a mouthy body Jew, like Joan Rivers. I see. B-A-W-D-Y. Correct. Yes. That's right. Okay. Are you going to tell, are you better not tell the people at home what I'm doing right now? You better not. Do you not want me to? You better not tell the people at home. Okay. You um, better not. So you are definitely not. not, What? I am not. Not folding up uh, tissues Mm -hmm. and putting them under your armpits. Why would I? That's disgusting. What is definitely not. No. Just a profuse amount of sweat. Why would I? disgusting. The pores under your arms. Yeah, some classic mouthy body behavior. But, but she kept saying mouthy bodied instead of saying, "What do, are you saying, mouthy bodied?" Because I've never heard that term, and it doesn't no, mean anything. That's what. So that what was literally you, my question. So was what like, are you what saying? Does that mean? It means nothing because it's not what I said. <laughs> so, next question, Your Honor. Um, but I guess to talk about that quote in the, the actual context uh, or with the actual word. Uh, is that how you feel like you do the, the roles that you typically play? Well, it was interesting because she asked if I mind being typecast. And I just said, as long as I'm cast. <laughs> and I think that's sort of 
the old show pony in me. I mean, I'm in my late 30s and I've been acting since I was nine. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get glow until I was, I think, 35. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in this place in my life where I am simultaneously so grateful to have the gig, which isn't just, quote, the gig. Glow is the best it's the greatest. It's the greatest. For a million reasons, it's the greatest. The writing, the things we get to do, the freedom, the playing, ten, each of us playing multiple different versions of ourselves and characters and the crazy women that live in our heads. Getting to do our own stunts, which is at once challenging and so gratifying as a person who never considered themselves athletic. So all of that is incredible. Um, but as far as being typecast... I'm at once grateful and also wanting to capitalize on whatever momentum is going on right now. So if people are like, oh, that's sort of like raspy, edgy, like I did an episode of The Boys last year and they had me be this like super cunty reality show producer. Uh-huh. And she was just like, no, that's bad. Where Like it was just certain attitudes and words and characters just come right out of my face real easy. Uh-huh. And I love playing those people. And I'm I'm certainly not an actor that's like... Mm. Can't I also be, I mean, yeah, I'd love to do other things and I do do other things. I recently did a movie called Elsewhere where I play this, um, this character who is a little small town woman and she's a nurse in the small town and she needs extra money. And so she gets a job at the grocery store as well. And there's really no sort of She's not obviously not conceited. She's just a very humble, lovely person. And she's very small. And her voice is sort of small as well. And when my agent pitched me for that, they were like, oh, we, we love Jackie. But, you know, I don't think it's really quite her. And so I just made a tape and I sent it in. And I was like, look, this is, you know, the the she can shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I sent in the tape and I, I was really proud of it. And then I ended up doing it and getting it. So... I'm happy to be outside the box of how people to work outside the box of how people see me, but I'm also really happy to work in it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're working. Yes. <laughs> there she is. These and tissues people, really help. That's good. You were talking about actually doing your own stunts on Glow. I I didn't realize you actually did that. We don't even have stunt doubles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. So before we start shooting every season, we do three or four weeks of wrestling training with our multi-Emmy winning stunt coordinator, Shauna Duggins, and our wrestling coach, Chavo Guerrero, who is truly, both of them are just heroes of mine and have totally changed my life as far as, you know, how I view myself and the the limitations I always put on my myself as being like, I'm an entertainer, not an athlete. Let's just leave it at that. You know, let me do my soft shoe and tell my jokes and you do the tumbles. And they were like, oh, but no. And here's how you body slam someone. And here's how you schoolboy. And here's how you do a crucifix. And just we do all our own stunts. We learn them all. We do them all. We're super proud of ourselves. And it's incredible at this point in my life to just be like running the ropes and just we all just beat the shit out of each other. I mean, it's choreographed, <laughs> but it's wild. Yeah. What does a wrestling training look like? I couldn't do wrestling. I think I would have trouble holding back. Um, be like, okay, you want me to beat the shit out of you? It's happening. Okay, and then the person's dead. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, and then I've it becomes a much different show. I've been holding on to that show. one for a couple decades. <laughs> what? Well, what happens with our show is it is so, it's put together in such a way that we're learning things piece by piece. So when mm-hmm. we got there the first day, we literally, season one, had to learn how to get in the ring and not look like an idiot getting in the ring because that's a, even in and of itself a bizarre activity. How yeah. do I, do I jump? Do I roll? Do I go under the bottom rope? Through the middle? What do I, who am I? So then once you're in, then you're, you know, we all get in line and we start in the corner. We do rolls. We do front three quarters. We do shoulder rolls. We do, I mean, even something as simple as a somersault. You're like, you get up and you're like, oh, my brain is bouncing around in my <laughs> cranium. Like what is, you know, you're, if you don't do that sort of thing and you're not a gymnast, it's just wild. You have to really learn. Right. From the beginning. And at this point, it's season four, so it's just reminders. It's like they throw the mats out and they're like, all right, ladies, we're doing suplexes. And you just get, we just get in line. And we just start suplexing each other. It's it's truly wild. But you, you said you were not athletic before going into this? No, no, I was. When I was on the soccer team as a kid. Okay. Um, no, no, just when I was <laughs> so on the soccer team. So there's a history. No, when I was on the soccer team as a kid, I would um, routinely kick the ball into the wrong goal if I ever kicked it, which was never. But what I would do, speaking of athleticism. It's honestly a skill is to be able to do it the opposite goal. Thank you. Yeah. Honestly, um, which I didn't wasn't even athletic enough for that. I would pull like a a handful of grass and then I would throw it in the air and then I would count the blades while the kids would run by me. You rain then, man? That's <laughs> right. And then the next time my mom was like, um, so do you want to do soccer again? I was like, no. And she was like, didn't think so. Yeah. And that was my, that was truly my history of athletics as a child. The grass counting and that was it. Yeah. And then you were like, let's do this. We're, we're going to wrestle. And then I was like, okay, cool. But like, history. that's right. I was like, I'll sing, I'll dance, I'll tell jokes, I'll do different stuff, I'll write, I'll be like, let's go, enter, let's go the arts. But I mean, there was no, there was no sports like right. at no, no, no. all. Clear, I, I I don't know if you could tell, but I've never done sports either. <laughs> I never did a sport. I just don't do sport. No, I don't know. I'm impressed by the people who have the kind of uh, discipline at an early age imposed upon mm-hmm. them by others. Truth. To, to stick with it. But yeah, I think I went to basketball camp like once. But yeah. And you were like, that this was is a... where I smoke weed, right? <laughs> yeah. And then went home. Hookup scene. Okay, but perfect. Also, like, I think inadvertently my parents, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going through puberty. My, my parents, but they're funny too. And so I, we all, we, we all come from this sort of like long line of self-deprecating Jews and there's a Holocaust hangover there and sure. you can't ever be too happy and there, is there any optimism? And it's like, but the bit is that like, we are grateful and happy and love each other, but it's like the whole thing is the whole, the whole life is a complaint and welcome to your show. Right. So it's like <laughs> this, you know, not that they made fun of me, but my mom like would, people would ask if I was, you know athletic and she would tell the soccer story so it was like this thing growing up like i she knew i knew she would tell people i had two left feet in dancing school and she wasn't really making fun of me it was more just like these were the facts and also no one in the world ever built me up more than my parents when it came to the things i was good at Mm -hmm. but when it came to the things i was bad at it was a fucking roast (laughs) i mean 
So looking back now, it was like, okay, maybe that wasn't the A number one healthiest. Right. Yeah. No, that my family was the same. It's just like That's every, how funny people get funny though. <laughs> yeah. Every family gathering, you're like, oh, you're destroying my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And now they're mad that I that I turned it into a career. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. And you yeah. talk about them, you're like, wait, but quick quick quickie quickie quest. Who did this? Yeah, you? you remember when I cried at <laughs> yeah. my uh, my own eighth grade graduation? That's right. Yeah. That was too old. <laughs> <laughs> Should have picked an earlier age. We know now. Uh, I don't know at what point this quote was from, but are you currently working on a cartoon or creating it? Yes. That is that is current. Yeah. Okay. So you you're you're working on making a cartoon for Amazon. Yes. With Kristen Bell. Yes. It's for children. Yes. (laughs) And it's like a musical. Dude. It's It's all explain. Explain. I want to hear all about it. So. God, this is a long time ago. In 2014, my friend Mike Scharf came to me, and he is a brilliant illustrator, artist, show creator. Came to me, and he was like, "Hey, we should make a show that is like um an animated musical series, and you should write the music and voice it." And I was like, "This is a great idea, Mike." By the way, I had like barely had reps. This was before Glow. I had nothing going on. I could barely get a commercial audition. And Mike saw my one-woman show because he was friends with my boyfriend at the time. And he was like, you know, you're funny and you you make music. Like, well, let's do it. I was like, okay, Mike. Barely knew each other. We start working. And then he does all this incredible art. We write these scripts. I show it to Kristen because she's the only person I knew at the time that had kids. And I was like, do the girls respond to this art and or this music? I brought my friend Dave Schuler in. We start making the music. She shows the girls. They kind of love it. And I said, I just don't think we want to do kids music. I think like her girls at the time were loving Hamilton and were loving Bruno Mars. And I mean, even Bonnie Vare, even like emotional stuff, you'd be like, would be so above a three-year-old. But they were like just crying dance in their room and feeling, Bonnie yeah, Vare. yeah, suicidal. But they were very young. Um, but, you know, and just uh, she just goes, you know, if you want any help with this, like, and I, I was like, oh, I mean, I didn't I didn't even have the business acumen at the time to be like, oh, my best friend is a fucking A-list movie star. Maybe we should get her involved in this. I just was like, you don't have to look. But do the girls like it? Like, do that? What do the kids think? <laughs> and then in 2018, Amazon Green lit us for a 52-episode first season. Yeah. And I had pitched that every episode be a different musical genre. And as the person writing all those songs, difficult as possible for yourself. Well, did I think that we were going to get a 52 episode first season? I'm like, cool. We'll do pop. We'll do rock. We'll do jazz, and like, we'll be good to go. 52 episodes later, we're like, is Prince a genre? (laughs) Queen? Who am I? So, (laughs) and it's super, it's super exciting. And so I'm, I wear quite a few hats on that show, and it is so gratifying. And it's called Do Re and Me. So we do have a bunch of topics that you uh, that we pre-screened sure. uh, that I want to collectively bitch about. Great. Beginning with the fact that this is my podcast, <laughs> that you were very chagrined that this well, was my... Listen, uh, Matt, <laughs> that Matt. I got to unhappy hour before you did. Yeah, well, listen, I want to be happy for you, but this is should be my podcast. And, <laughs> for, and for, I will <laughs> gladly hand the reins over. And I for see those them. reasons, I'm out. <laughs> no, I just, like, when I I got the email. I was like, oh, God damn it. Because for years, every person I've met from person behind the counter at Starbucks to friends, to family, to reps, to people I work, are like, when are you going to have a podcast? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I would love I just I don't have the idea. And this is the idea. Well, just put me on the microphone and it. let me turn into Lewis Black. 
or turn into. Let me just be my true self, which is Lewis Black, yeah, for yeah. an hour and just bitch. And then I got your email and I was like, somebody already thought of it. <laughs> uh, well, let's bitch. Bitch, let's bitch. Okay. When dudes only have dish soap and no hand soap. Okay, first of all, this is wild. I, I have been guilty of this also. Uh, only dudes. Like, women will never just have dishes. So I wish I could blame straight men only. But now right. I've, I've implicated the gays. I'm glad you've implicated the gays because I have definitely felt like it's only a straight man thing. So I'm happy to have my eyes opened. But I I do have the cleanliness of a straight man sometimes. Oh, interesting. I know. I, it's the most disgusting like thing three, I could have just said out loud. three different towels from different decades of different colors. No, I okay. actually, I'm, I've gotten much better in the last like three months to the point where now I have both hand soap and dish soap at my kitchen sink and then hand soap also in the, in, which that's is what, normal. That's what you need to have. Like that's just very, that's entry level soap. That's just soap. I think entry level soap is having dish soap in the kitchen and hand soap in the bathroom. But having like next level is then also having hand soap in the kitchen. Okay, fair. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But it's I mean, also New York where the kitchen and the bathroom are 10 feet apart. Oh, my God. I dated a guy briefly whose kitchen was in his bathroom. Okay. Well, that is insane. But he, well, he also is just... <laughs> briefly so is doing a lot of work in that You're not sentence. kidding. And thank you so much. Um, the most important adverb of the day. <laughs> he... Oh, my God. He was so disgusting. But... Anything you longer look... than you walked in and saw that and walked out <laughs> is too long. You're not kidding. And this guy was such a gross loser, too. Like, easily the worst person I've ever dated. Mm -hmm. But he lived, like, in someone converted, like, this little tiny space under a house into an apartment. And literally, you could stir the rice while taking a shit. No. no I swear to God. I hate like that. the the if you while you were sitting on the toilet to pee and you reached your front arm out, you could open the refrigerator. But in that case, having dish soap and hand soap in that space would meet my second <laughs> entry level standards. Well, I mean, in that case, I mean, we were dealing with such disgustingness. <laughs> and by the way, this the is not this is not ground. a poverty situation. This was no, no, like no. no, no, no. I would never. This was like dude made money was trying to live in this apartment. Like it wasn't even that cheap. It was wild. Yeah. So just just to be clear about that. But anyway, back to the dish soap hand soap. My um yeah, an ex of mine, he only had dish soap and and, and I would look at his hands and they were like just they looked like grayscale from from fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I would think like one literally the the the, the container of Dawn advertises one drop cleans an entire lasagna pan <laughs> and you're using that on your human skin. You're just <laughs> squidging out a hand load of that and it would take like ages to wash off because yeah. again, one drop does a whole lasagna pan. You're a grown-up man, just get some hand soap. Yeah. And then I have to be like, okay, well, what I would wash my hands with at his house, you know what I would do? I would, wouldn't even turn the dish soap over. I would just tap my hand on the top of it, open it, and tap my hand very quick. <laughs> and that would be enough soap to literally wash my hands. Because that shit's concentrated, baby. So he had, like, a, the bottle of, like, Dawn in the bathroom? He had the bottle of Dawn. It was the only soap in the house, the bottle of Dawn. And then in the bathroom, he had like a soap dispenser. Mm -hmm. And then I once did a press down and I was like, shiver me timbers, is this she Dawn? And I smelled my hands. And then when it wouldn't come off after 25 minutes of scrubbing, yeah, and then yeah. the only thing that came off was the set first eight layers of my skin, right. I realized, okay, she in the bathroom is also Dawn back to Game of Thrones. <laughs> Thank you. The sound of a ticking clock. Yeah, I have. They need to be removed from any room I'm in. 
Okay. So, I mean, a lot <laughs> of these, of Peter a Pan. lot of these, I'm not proud of. Um, but like my therapist, when I get to her office, which I feel like, and I've said this to her before, like, shouldn't you leave the ticking clock in? And we should be like dealing with this. But she's like, <laughs> Some yeah. Some exposure therapy. But I think she's also like, well, there's bigger fish to fry, honey. Let's get rid of the <laughs> clock and talk about your parents. You know, so we, but I walk in the room and she has a huge clock. Like if you make your arms go out and you make a giant moon on top of your head, it, the clock is b- bigger than that. Yeah. It's huge. So, and it just goes tick. And it's fucking loud. It's not even low key. And it's right above your head on the couch behind you. And I'm just like, I can't. Also, it like highlights for me that like, you know, mentally I don't let things go. And I would love to be more easygoing. And I would love, you know, all these things that I'm not. The clock just is representing in therapy. So she has to get rid of it. But the hard (laughs) one for me with the clocks is when I go get like a Thai massage at like a $45 an hour joint and there's a language barrier and I can't tell the ladies I need them to get rid of the clock. (laughs) So I have to just take out my phone and point at the time and then physically take the clock and put it outside and like do a thumbs up finger. This is like not a joke. It's like a legit like clocks have to actually be taken out of the room. That's right. Okay. Not proudly. Uh, I grew up, my dad collects clocks. I am having a panic attack. (laughs) You would not love Mm. the house that I grew up in. Just every 15 minutes. No! They weren't weren't ticking clocks, or at least uh, maybe I'm just so used to the sound that I don't even hear it, but the chimes. No, 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 no. Come on. I don't need to be constantly reminded of time passing. Yeah. Is another thing. Like, I know we're all going to die. I'm terrified. (laughs) I don't want to think about it. Right. And I don't need to be like, chick, chick, chick. it's fucking happening. I already know. When I go home for Christmas, I have to unplug all of the clocks in my room because they all make noise. It's all not even of the, the ticking. Clocks? There's more than one clock? Oh, yeah. I I don't even know if I have a picture of it, but I, there there's, he has an entire cabinet where they're all kept. Stop. But then the rest of them are like scattered throughout the house. And there's big ones and there's small ones and they're all, you know, they're like cat one. Oh, the of one course, that, with the stupid eyes. Yeah. And the tail going one. back and forth. Uh-huh. There's all. Do you ever consider burning that one in a fire? <laughs> the like <laughs> ongoing joke is that none of us. It's like who will inherit the clock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, I my... can't! I just ran out of room. I just ran out of space. Oh, I just put my last snow globe up. If no more room." Yeah, I no. I need to come up with an even weirder hobby, a, weird, a weirder yeah. collection, a um, huge one. <laughs> I keep all my skis inside. I just couldn't simply fit a clock. It has to be way, way more fucked up. Like my fleshlight collection. <laughs> like I couldn't possibly fit I couldn't another possibly clock. Move it. Um, yeah. Uh, when people use too many paper towels. Oh God. Okay. This is we're getting more and more specific. And, as and I'm going. And now I'm going more tissues back in the pits because as you bring up the things that make me upset, I sweat. Well, a tissue makes so, sense because that is thin. Okay, but meanwhile, I'm wait. I wish I wasn't wasting all this paper. But I blame you because, Matt, you will tell the people at home, it is, what, 92 in this room right now? <laughs> it is a hot it 92. It is. I mean, you could, I could see my reflection. It is very warm. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm schwitzing, as uh, they say. And they sure do, my people. Yeah. See, I got some, so, some underboob sweat. Oh, my goodness. You do. Proud of you. Sweating to the oldies. I am a person who I, I don't know why. I think it's because, and this is a little bit of a wild don't mean to bring the room down. My mom was very, not a hoarder by any means, but very save-ish. 
growing up because her parents were Holocaust survivors. So she grew up in a house where if my mom looked in the fridge and then the chicken was done, she would throw it out and her mom would pull the chicken out of the garbage and be like, no, we can use the bones for chicken stock. Like you didn't throw anything out until it was fucking done, never could be used again, actual garbage. And even growing up, my mom... And I never blamed her, and she wasn't even being Snoopy. Like, I would throw things, and she would, like, you know, take out a chapstick I threw out. I'm like, this is half left. And I was like, well, I didn't like the flavor. She's like, well, you give it to someone. I'm like, no one wants to use chapstick. Are we right. doing this? But in my house, I will I will dry out a paper towel after I use it. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Here's the thing. I hardly use paper towels at all anymore. I have mm-hmm. my my little kitchen towels that I use, and they've changed everything. So when I dry my hands or dry my dishes, I'm never using paper towels. But on the rare occasion, I do, let's say, dry my hands on one. I'll, I'll leave it to dry because it's not dirty. It just basically dried like kind of clean hands. My hands were just wet from doing the dishes. I don't need to throw that out. Right. So I'll leave it. Th- so then my boyfriend will be like, you dry. I mean, you're going to dry the, <laughs> you're going to dry the, are you a pauper? You're going to dry the paper towel. Whereas he will rinse an apple and use 17 paper towels to dry the damp apple. Right. First of all, that doesn't need any paper towels. That's either a job for jeans or you just put the damp apple in your mouth because you're going to wet it with your damn mouth anyway. Why are we going through the drying process anyway? In his defense, I like I like a dry apple. You like your mouth, your wet mouth, to wet a dry apple? Yeah. Okay, fair. But listen to me. You dry it on your jeans then. Not in my fucking house. <laughs> Not. Do you know where these jeans have been? I will protect this house <laughs> from years ago. You, you know, fine. Well, fine. One. I'll allow one. I mean, they do, they do sell now, like, reusable paper towels, which I guess if, you know... Also known as rags? Like, what are they? I don't understand. How is that different from just a towel? Yeah, it's either just a towel or like, yeah, you you can just reuse a regular paper towel. Uh, well, on that note, let's do it. Where can people find you and your work? My work. First things first. Follow me on Instagram at Jackie Tone. Yes, Jackie T O H N, and watch Glow season four. Don't know when we're coming out yet. Catch up. If Catch you up. Yes, please watch all three seasons of well, the three that already exist seasons of Glow on Netflix, and in November 2020, if you have kids, watch our animated preschool musical series called Do Ray and Me on Amazon, and I think that's it for now. Amazing. That I mean, that is a solid list. It's a cool, it's a fun, <laughs> it's a cool and a fun list. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, this thank was you so, so much. Fun. Shut up. Thank you. I loved it. I hope, uh, yeah, we, we, we got your cathartic complaining out and can leave a little lighter. I mean, it's going to go on through the night and into the morning <laughs> as it does every day, but it was fun to chat. Good. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? So I've been watching a few things. Alex and I just finished Justified. It's been six seasons in a very short amount of time, and we got through it. But I, I am glad that we watched that show. It was really good. And now 
I'm on to Insecure. I forgot to talk about it the past couple of weeks, but I've loved Insecure since it first came out. The new season has been really good. Um, so I'm I'm really glad it's back. And to like be back with the same characters, but with something I haven't seen before, but something that like I was watching before the quarantine is like a nice sense of normalcy. So I've been right. enjoying that. And I also have been watching something that I know you're going to be very excited about, Ooh. which is that I finally started watching Bon Appetit videos. Yes. yes. I can't believe you haven't been watching them this whole time. I'm disappointed, but I'm glad you're finally on board. I know. I feel like I've been cooking enough where I'm like, oh, I like want to understand what I'm doing more. And, and then I remembered that like there's entire industries about this. Right. <laughs> um, and I've been loving it. I, I'm really into it. I have been thinking about that a lot more, too, especially because I've been baking a whole lot of like, I don't want to just follow a recipe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to know why I'm using all of these things so that I'm more confident. Yeah. That's why I'm, le- I'm really liking gourmet makes because it's like, oh, through the trial and error, you're understanding like what these ingredients actually do. Right. Which has been so fun. Yeah. I also just will say that Claire turns out this was like, especially for unhappy hour fans who love our Joe Firestone episode and who love Bon Appetit videos. This is going to really blow their minds. Claire and Joe Firestone are childhood best friends. (laughs) I love that. That fact so much. It's I love both of them. So good. Claire is a guest on Joe Firestone's Everyday Decisions podcast. And I started listening to it, assuming I was like, oh, what a great guest to get. And then Joe started it by being like, our moms are friends and we like grew up together. And I was like, oh, my God. And so it just I mean, a lot of her podcasts sound like she's friends with these people. But this one, especially like Claire, like pushes back and st- in a way that's just like so fun. And I love it so much. And during it, she was like, oh, yeah, you should, like, come by the test kitchen to test out the thing that I'm eating. And Joe's like, absolutely. And I'm like, God, I just want to be there. Same. Those were all the things I watched. What about you? I finally finished All of the Good Wife, seven seasons, 22 episodes, (laughs) literally 150 plus episodes of television. (laughs) And then I have already started and finished The Good Fight, which is The Good Wife spinoff. If you're completely unfamiliar, The Good Fight is a spinoff of The Good Wife. It still stars Christine Baranski, who is, I think it was Twitter user Louis Vertel. He also co-hosts Keep It with Ira Madison, the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tweeted something like, Christine Baranski is the human embodiment of like a tall glass of white wine. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking love her so much. And then the other thing was, there's now approximately eight hours of RuPaul's Drag Race on every Friday night. Um, <laughs> because they do an hour and a half of the regular season of Drag Race that's on right now. Then they have a half hour of Untucked, which is like the backstage part of the show where they like basically all have a drink and talk about what happened. But then there's also a new limited thing that they're doing for like four weeks called Secret Celebrity Drag Race, which is another hour and a half every Friday night. The concept is each week they have three celebrity guests and then three drag queens from Drag Race. 
But they don't, they haven't announced who they're going to be until each episode airs. So it's like a secret. Last week was Vanessa Williams was one of them. Oh. This past week, the celebrities, again, not like huge, but the one that we both loved, you and I, was Dustin Milligan from Schitt's Creek. Right. Huge for us. Ted. (laughs) And it was so amazing. He... I mean, is both the hottest person ever and was like so endearing and like just like he was Ted. He was actually Ted, um, but also like looked amazing in drag. Totally worth watching just for for him alone. So I yeah. highly recommend that. I got to watch it. You also mentioned that uh, you had a great therapy session and you learned some things from it uh, this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me, because I also feel like it'll be, I don't know, potentially helpful for other people, which is that, like, I've been doing okay. Like, all things considered, I've been doing pretty well. And, like, you know, every day we wake up, we take Putty to the park, and then, you know, I I get to go to work, which is amazing, and then I cook dinner, and then we watch TV, and then I go to bed. And it's like, those things are all good, but it's just been the same thing over and over again. And my therapist brought up the importance of playtime. Okay. Wait, is that what she called it? And that like, you know, watching TV isn't doesn't really count as playtime. It's like something that's good to do and fun to do. And like, I, I love TV, so I'm going to keep doing that. But to like carve out other time. But I haven't wanted to start a, this is ridiculous, but I feel like a lot of people probably relate. I haven't wanted to start a hobby that I have to like learn how to get good at it, you know? Right. Like, that just seems like a lot. And I don't want to deal with the frustration because I'm such a student that like I want to be good at the thing that I'm doing. And I don't want to start a hobby that I'm going to be frustrated because I'm not good at it immediately. So she was just trying to help me think of like things for playtime that I could do. And the two things that I came up with was one is something that I've wanted to do for a long time and I never have is paint by number. It's like exactly (laughs) what that's for. Uh huh. And then the other thing is Zumba, which is like technically a workout, but also is just like going back to a couple episodes we talked about, like dancing randomly throughout the day and how that can actually make you feel better. And so I forgot that I used to love Zumba and there's all these free YouTube videos about Zumba and you can like just look up Zumba Beyonce, which I absolutely did. And uh, those those things have been, uh, you know, more considered playtime than like workout or that like every hour needs to be like for something that is important rather than just fun and not stressful. So, yeah, uh, hopefully have a paint by number update in the next couple of weeks. So keep on <laughs> listening for that. And <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> What about you, Matt? What's your chaser this week? I cooked two whole meals this week. Very impressed. Well, dinners. I made this like sweet potato taco thing that was pretty good. Ooh. But more importantly, my 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 chaser is that I made fucking homemade pasta yesterday. Homemade ravioli. It's actually not that hard because it's pasta. I don't know if you knew this. Mind blown. It's just flour and eggs. Um, and you can make it in a food processor if you just oh. dump a bunch of flour and eggs right in there. I mean, there's ratios. You're not just guessing. You're not just throwing <laughs> shit in a food processor. But then you you mix it up and then it becomes a dough and then you mash it into a ball, let it rest. Bam. Then you got to roll it out. 
it took me basically all day. It took me like seven hours from start <laughs> to finish. Mostly because I was also making like a filling for the ravioli and then I made a sauce and then, um, yeah, it was a whole laborious process. I, w- I went full Italian grandma. Uh, that's why when I when I get my nightgown, I'm just going to f- totally lean into being an Italian grandmother. I can't wait for that. It's going to be beautiful. I did freeze a bunch. I like made a whole bunch of ravioli and I only made like a handful and then I froze <gasps> the rest. So I still Look have some. Look at you. Yeah. That's amazing. So I'm such a master. I'm a pasta master. True Italian. The Belisai is coming out in full force. <laughs> I love it. That's it for this week's Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellasai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellasai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye-bye. When the moon meets your eye like a big pizza pie that's some Cartoon birds came and sewed my pussy clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something like... I, You're I allowed like to how swear you, on this, aren't you? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, that at, at this point, if I said no, we wouldn't have been able to use anything I mean, bleep, that we've bleep, said. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs>